Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. For our message this evening, I want to make two statements tonight, and then I want to follow it up by asking and then I guess answering two questions. Statement number one, grief is a universal aspect of the human experience. It is impossible for us to live in this sin-cursed world without facing grief on different levels, in different ways, at different times of our lives. The longer you live and the more people you love, the more joys and the more blessings you'll experience, and the more pain and the more grief you'll experience. Statement number one, grief is a universal aspect of the human experience. There's no one that will be born and leave this earth uh, that will not, at times, walk through seasons of grief for one reason or another. Because this first statement is true, the following statement is also true. Statement number two, comfort is a universal need of the human experience. Because it's true that grief is a universal aspect of the human experience, it is also true then that comfort is a universal need of the human experience. And by the way, it's not, it's not maybe every day, and it's maybe not every week, and it's maybe not every quarter, and even every year of our lives that maybe there is deep grief or that there is the need for, for, for real comfort that we've not needed before, but there will be at different seasons of our lives, different levels and different times of comfort that is needed. Toddlers need comfort when they're learning to walk and run and they fall and scrape that little knee for the first time, right? Children need comfort the first time a group of kids is unkind to them on the playground. Teens might need comfort when their heart is broken as they begin to navigate dating relationships in their later teen years. A young couple needs comfort when they suffer a miscarriage. Adults need comfort when they unexpectedly lose their job or a doctor gives a life-altering diagnosis or a loved one dies unexpectedly, or a mentor or a pastor, someone they looked up to, fails them and, and, and maybe uh, does some things to disgrace their lives, and someone they looked up to and respected, they need comfort. Adults need comfort when a child chooses a life with values com- completely different from their parents, or, or that adult faces the consequences of sin in their lives or someone that they love. Or maybe their home burns down in a fire, or a loved one struggles with addiction, and the list could go on in seemingly never-ending scenarios. And I'm not trying to be discouraging tonight. I'm trying to say that at different points in life, all of us will need comfort. I look around, and even in this room, I know of some that are walking through some things right now where they need comfort today. And for others, that's not your case right now. But all of us need comfort, and not just once, but over and over again at different times in our journey on this earth. Those are the two statements. I told you there are two statements and two questions. That only took me four minutes. With those truths in mind, I want to answer, I want to ask and answer two questions. Number one, where do we often look 
for comfort. If comfort is a universal need in all of our lives, where do we often look for comfort? I would suggest to you that often we look in the wrong places. Many look for comfort in substances. It's why there are, there, there's addiction epidemic in our country and there are um, programs and facilities and all of these things. Why? Because we think maybe this drug will numb my pain. Maybe this drink will take the edge off of that, that grief that I'm feeling, that pain that I'm feeling, that, that unfulfilled life that I'm living. Maybe this will take my mind off of that. How do people often end up addicted to illicit or even prescription drugs? They're looking for a comfort. They're looking maybe for a feeling of pleasure, for a feeling of release, for a feeling of, of they're looking for something from the pain that the circumstances of their lives have brought them. And so often we seek comfort maybe in a substance. Sometimes we seek comfort in a relationship. And by the way, that's not always wrong. We'll talk about that in a minute. But sometimes we run to unhealthy relationships to try to find comfort. Maybe a, we think a boyfriend or a girlfriend will finally make me happy and give me the attention and affection I didn't get from somewhere else. Maybe if I marry this person, then I'll finally be happy and complete. By the way, there is only one Savior who can meet your needs and fill the longing in your life. Expecting some human to meet the need that only Christ can fill will be a fruitless endeavor every single time. No person will ever be able to do that. Sometimes we look for comfort in achievements. Well, maybe if I just do this, then I'll finally feel worthy. Then I'll finally feel fulfilled. Then I'll finally be able to forget that pain of my childhood. If I could just accomplish this, if I could just, maybe that college degree is going to make me feel like my life matters. Maybe that career or position will prove to my parents that I, I wasn't the failure that they said I was. And sometimes we think, if I could just accomplish and you fill in the blank, then I'd be complete. Sometimes we look for comfort in possessions. We have a saying in our, in our vernacular, in our culture, money can't buy what? Money can't buy happiness, we say, don't we? And to that I say, but it can buy ice cream. And that's kind of the same thing. Money can't buy happiness, we say, don't we? But isn't it true that we often think, if I could just buy that, or if I could just get that, or if I could just have this amount of financial security, or maybe if I lived there, or maybe if I drove that, then I would have some peace and satisfaction and fulfillment and comfort. Sometimes we look for comfort in experiences. When we're struggling, and again, we'll get here in a minute, not all of these are bad, but sometimes we're struggling. I just need to get away. This two-week vacation is going to make everything right. It's going to take away all my stress, all of my pain, all of my grief. A week on the beach is going to give the peace I've been seeking. By the way, I would say other than most of the time the, the substances of addiction, in those other things, we're not actually... We're actually not looking in sometimes terrible places to find some degree of comfort by looking to relationships or accomplishments or possessions or experiences because, here's the truth, almost every one of those, even substances, every one of those does offer us some degree of comfort. 
It offers us some level that drug or that drink will take your mind off the pain for a few hours. Scientists tell us with possessions, they tell us that, that purchasing something, going out, there is a dopamine rush that comes from buying something you've really been wanting, and it gives a little feeling of euphoria for a moment. The problem comes the next day when that wears off. So it's not necessarily that they're terrible places, all of them. Those few days on the beach do help to calm our hearts and minds for a season. And it can be a good thing to just be still and know that he is God and just clear out those things. But here's the thing. I gave you five places we often look for comfort. Here's the thing. None of those things offers deep, lasting comfort. Deep, lasting peace. How many times have you come back from a vacation completely rested and relaxed? And 72 hours, you needed to go back. It, it's not going to last forever. That purchase did bring a little excitement. That new house, that new car, that whatever it might have been, that achievement, that accomplishment. Not wrong in and of them itself, but it is not that which brings true lasting comfort. And so, the final question, let's ask our final question and answer it. Where do we find lasting comfort? So if it's true that grief is a universal aspect of the human experience. And if it's true that comfort then is a universal need of the human experience, and if it's true that we often look in places that are not going to offer lasting comfort, where do we find lasting comfort? Where do we find peace in the midst of upheaval and uncertainty in our lives? Uh, if you study it, the words comfort and peace, they are found in the Bible a total of 539 times. The Bible has much to say about comfort and about peace. 539 times those words are found in the Bible. It speaks much of where you and I can find comfort, I would suggest to you. And I don't know that I'm going to say anything revolutionary tonight that you had never heard or seen in the Bible before, but a reminder, am I looking in the right places to find the comfort that my soul needs? Number one, where do we find lasting comfort? The Prince of Peace. They just sang it, I need a comforter. Mighty God, Prince of Peace. Prophesying the Savior's birth that we celebrate in this season of Christmas, Isaiah said one of Jesus' names would be the Prince of what? Peace. What is peace? Comfort. The opposite of turmoil. The opposite of upheaval. The opposite of grief. Peace. The songwriter said only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Only he can change your heart and make you whole. And I would say tonight, if you don't know Christ as Savior, you will never know true lasting peace that only he can give. He told his disciples in John in chapter 16, he said, Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye, the disciples, shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. What is Jesus saying? Jesus knew something about loneliness, by the way. And what did he say? He said, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. It's a good reminder under this point of the Prince of Peace, it's really the Trinity, all three members of the Trinity that bring us peace and comfort. The Father said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. The Father, the God of all comfort, Paul called him. The God of all comfort. And so the Father, the Son, what did Jesus say then? He said, these things have I spoken unto you that in me ye might have what? Peace. In the world you shall have what? Tribulation, but be of good cheer. 
I've overcome the world. Do you see it where he said they would have peace? He said, I'm going to go through some struggles, and you're going to go through some struggles. You're going to have tribulation, but here's where you're going to find peace. In me, ye shall have peace. God the Father promised to never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus promised to give us peace, and then he promised to leave the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit, one of his names is Comforter to leave the comforter, that one that dwells within us, are you tapping into the comfort that only God can give? If you're looking for peace but don't have a relationship with Christ, look no farther. You can know the Prince of Peace. Not only will you find comfort, where, where can you find lasting comfort in the Prince of Peace in prayer? I can't explain it, but there's something about casting all your care on God knowing that he cares for you. The Bible says that it can give you a peace that passes understanding. Paul told the church at Philippi, be careful, full of care, anxious, uh, stirred up, not peace-filled. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Oh, what peace we often forfeit all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. He said, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, Nancy mentioned those exact words in her testimony, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Do you see it building there? You find peace through the Prince of Peace, and it's through prayer that God helps you keep your heart and your mind, the emotions and the thoughts, through Christ Jesus. Then the very next verse, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, just, pure, lovely, of God good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Allow God to keep your heart and mind through Him. Thinking on the right things will give you peace. Dwelling on the wrong things will cause turmoil and anxiety and stress and fear. But He says here, I want to give you peace through the Prince of Peace and through prayer. And I would suggest thirdly, through the people of God. Did you hear both testimonies tonight? And I don't think Jay told him what my message was because Jay didn't know my message. And I didn't tell him to say this, but both of them said, one of the things that walked us through these difficult times was our church family, community. Didn't COVID teach us that we're not intended to walk through this life alone? We're not intended to live in isolation The Christian life is not an individual pursuit. It's one reason why, and I'm thankful for good Christian content that's on the computer and television and radio, but it's one reason why watching a television preacher or a a live stream church will never give you everything that God intended the church to be in your life. One of the functions of the church is to walk through. Jay mentioned the verses, says that Paul told the Romans, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that do weep. Nobody's weeping with you with your television preacher. Bear ye, Paul told the Galatian believers, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. In 1 Thessalonians, speaking to the church at Thessalonica in Greece, he said, wherefore comfort yourselves together, comfort each other, bear each other's burdens, cry together, laugh together, rejoice together, pray together, love each other, walk through this thing. How many times have I said or I've heard others say, I don't know how people make it through these things without 
without a body of believers that they belong to. When you're struggling, when you're walking through deep waters, it's not the time to remove yourself from a church. It's not the time to isolate yourself. Reach out, let people walk with you, let them pray with you, let them love you. When you're troubled, you and I don't need less time with God's people. That's when we need our church family more than ever. Don't try to walk through your valley alone. And then lastly, where do we find true lasting peace? The promises of God. An expectation of a better future. Was it Hudson Taylor that said, the future is as bright as the promises of God? The future is as bright as the promises of God. How bright are the promises of God? Then guess what? The future is just as bright. Over and over again, the Bible gives us promises that should bring us comfort and hope and peace in the midst of trials and burdens and conflict. Again, Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica, he spoke to them about what is coming for the believer. What did he say? I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, regarding those that die, even as others which have no hope. You shouldn't grieve the same way an unbeliever grieves. Doesn't mean we don't grieve. It doesn't say that you, we, 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 we still sorrow sorrow, but we don't sorrow as those that have no hope. He said, when you're walking through your grief, you need to understand some things. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, the song we sang today, what is our hope in life and death? Christ, what will we sing until that day? Christ, he lives. Christ, he lives. Understanding, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Would you read the last line aloud with me? Ready? Begin. Wherefore, comfort one another with these with what words? The promise, the promises of God. The hope, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. What is hope? An expectation of a better future. The hope that no matter what we are going through down here, God is going to make it all right. The hope that no matter what we face down here, there's a better day coming. The hope that Joe Walsh reminded Nancy when she said, I feel guilty being happy down here. What was he saying? Richard's living a better life than you are up there. What was he saying? Comfort one another with these words. Don't be deceived about those that have gone before us. Live in the promises of God. The promises of God bring us hope in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our grief, in the midst of our pain, that, that if we believe that he died and rose again, he's going to bring us with him. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. What's he telling the church at Thessalonica? No matter what you're facing today, no matter what you might face tomorrow, it gets better. God is going to make everything right in the end. Live with that hope, that expectation of when he will return to redeem this fallen, broken world. No matter how bad it gets down here, there's a better day coming up there. Or like the old Southern Gospel song says, I read the back of the book and we win. So let's not live defeated. 
All of us need comfort at different seasons of our lives. A universal need is comfort at different times. Let's make sure we're looking for it in the right places. Oh, a vacation might be good and healthy, and it might give you a little bit of physical, mental, emotional rest. Might be a good thing. A a, a good friendship or relationship will help you. Getting that achievement or that accomplishment is something to be thankful for and to praise God for. But let's not expect the things that were never intended to bring us long-lasting comfort to bring us long-lasting comfort. Let's go to the things that were intended to give us peace, the Prince of Peace. In this world, you shall have tribulation, but in me, you'll have peace because I've overcome the world. The, The Prince of Peace and prayer, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Take it to the Lord in prayer. The people of God and the promises of God. Wherever you find yourself today, may we tap into these sources of comfort and peace. As Paul called him, we serve the God of all comfort. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.